Recentering in five, four, three, two, one. Recenter now. Welcome, everyone. Hey. Recenter yourselves. Get ready. Strap yourselves in for episode forty-four. Here we go. Of you should check it out. <laughs> My name is Jay. I'm Nick. <laughs> and we. Oh gosh, it's a just. It's going to be a special show tonight. Yeah. A special show. Uh, over the weekend, NPR published a great article, uh, Bob Boyle, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a retrospective 40 years of the 930 Club. The yes, 930. indeed. Yes, indeed. 40 years. It's incredible. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so we, all three of us, have been to plenty of shows there. It has, it, Greg, you're the only guy here that grew up in D.C., so you were a little bit and more And saw intimately. all of them. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much apparently every show. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah I, my apartment for a while was one of the bars. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So we just thought, you know, it, it kind of sparked our minds. We we started talking about some old shows that we've been to, some, our, some of our memories, and one of our foundational memories of us as a trio, mm-hmm. you know, was at the 930 Club. So yes, we thought we'd take this episode and just talk about some of the times we've had. That sounds fun. Say? The legendary DC 930 Club. Yeah, it, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy because like the just being a kid, was, you always heard about it because, you know, DC 101 would promote it and stuff. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it is only 40 years old at the same time. Like it was it – was, uh, and I didn't realize that it had actually changed locations, but it, it was the Atlantic building on like on F Street Northwest, which had like 930 F Street. Exactly. 930 was the the address. It opened at nine. And so they, they I guess like the tagline initially was it's a time and a and a place or something like that. Mm. Uh, but it was opened in by Dodie DeSanto and uh, and her husband, John Bowers, in 79. And uh, Dodie DeSanto is uh, like an ar- artist and dancer, very, very prolific and active in the D.C. cultural scene. Had a lot of early acts come come in there and kind of got known for bringing acts into the into the mainstream. I didn't realize, though, that Bob Boylan's band, Tiny Desk Unit. <laughs> right. I just thought Tiny Desk was because he had this small desk at, in NPR and that was this concert series he started. But... Man, what another cool guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I honestly didn't know that either. I had heard of Tiny Desk Unit, but I, I didn't know that they were yeah. connected in any way. So that was really neat together. to learn. And they were the wow. very first, first band to play there. First band to play there, absolutely. Oh, that, um, really? That's pretty historic. Because like those of you who don't know, Bob Boylan is a reporter for NPR and does mm-hmm. All Things Considered. He's all also Music some, Considered, yeah. All Music Considered. And he goes out, he apparently goes out to shows every single night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every night he goes to a show. I mean, you know, pandemic excluded, but like he, uh, anyway, go on, Nick. I didn't mean to hijack. No, 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 but, you're uh, good. You're good. No, yeah. it, it is cool. Cause yeah, he had a, it was his band that, that played the first show there. And, um, that's, that's and I think he wild. wrote the NPR article article as well. Yeah. That, he, he did. He come, he commented on the reason why it was such a big deal at the time was that there just weren't that many other large rock venues or large ish rock venues in DC at the time. And that nine thirty club was the first to kind of fill that void, even though that first, space only held 199 people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and through the 80s and then in the night like black flag was another band that kind right. of got their got their start there if you will and and even henry rollins will talk about in, in, in a lot of his yep. books you know like the 930 club <laughs> um but i mean like early 90s they had they had uh, bad brains and chili peppers and psychedelic furs and uh husker do violent femmes butthole surfers like the whole Yep. Alternative yep. through the 90 or 80s and then like into like kind of like the indie early indie rock influences and, and, and all that fun stuff. And then it, it changed ownership in like the 90s. And that's, I think, when they moved 
to their current location. Um, right. Which, which, where is that? Where is that, Greg? It's like 815 V Street, I think. I'm just going off my memory right yeah. now. Yeah, you got it. 815 uh, is that V Street. You got it 100% yeah. right. 815 okay, cool. V Street Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's where we know it from, obviously. It's a larger venue. And what, yeah. a, what an incredible venue. Indeed. It has one of the best sound systems on the East Coast. Right, yeah. you know? right. And, and, they, and they came up with this concept, which I thought was fascinating, which is like they, they have the stage, the whole stage is movable, right? So yeah. when they've got a show that's only sold, you know, a couple hundred tickets, like they can actually move the stage into like part of the main audience region and it still feels like a packed venue. So you, you have this like you always feel like you're you're in this small setting like this intimate setting, but it's still this, this freaking rock and venue. Um, yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's funny you bring that up, man. Cause I'll, I'll tell you just uh, one, one flip side is, uh, it's like knowing this from playing there that when you show, when you sh- would show up, you would kind of know how many tickets had been sold by how far up the stage. <laughs> the stage <was>. Really? <laughs> you know? Really? So if it was all the way to the back, you were like, I think we might've sold this yeah. one out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, but it was, a, that is a great, that, that's a genius concept. I mean, I don't think anybody had ever done that before. Has anybody replicated uh, it that you know of? I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that it's sort of like a, a thing that they tried there and it worked. I honestly you know? didn't didn't know that about it, and it's so seamlessly executed. When you walk in there, you know, if you haven't been there in a couple months, it, it always feels packed. Yeah, you know, the, the venue always feels packed. It's great. Yeah, it's a really, a really cool concept, and that, yeah, because and that way you don't feel like you're in this empty, you know, empty club. So it also, I mean, it's smart as hell too because. From like a marketing standpoint, you go in there and it just feels like a packed venue no matter how many people ended up buying tickets. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, indeed. it's continued obviously through the through the 90s and 2000 and and really gets like high end acts now at this point, but still only has a capacity of what, 1500 people? It's something like 1500 to 2000, I think. Yeah. So if and when you can catch a show there next next time, it is an amazing, amazing venue. And I, I'm so excited that we get to talk about it tonight. Anyway, so that that's my uh, that's my quick retrospective on uh, on the history. But um, I don't know, Jay. What's what's a what's a what's a quality show? Why don't you kick us off here with some music? What's a quality show you saw at nine thirty? Well, man, I I mean, I didn't you know I, I didn't grow up around DC, but uh, you know I certainly heard of the club. The very first show I saw there, we'll talk about a little bit later. Saw some quality shows throughout the the noughties, but one of my favorites that I went to was uh, in two thousand seven. I saw my boy. Richard Thompson play at the 930 wow. club and this was one of the shows that um, Bob Boylan and the NPR staff actually they archived which is awesome because I, I can't remember the circumstance but I got to this show late so I got like halfway through his set mm-hmm. which which pissed me off sure but I, I've been able to listen to the rest of the the show you know in full so uh, since we haven't played any music yet and this is a uh, one of the few decent quality clips we'll have for this one. I thought I'd play a, a, a rockin' song of his from that show. Uh, this is uh, 2007, Richard Thompson. This is Man and Me. Let's do it.
Awesome show. It, it, unfortunately, I only got to see the end half. The sound was great. It, it was kind of uncomfortable. It was different crowd than you're used to seeing at the 9:30 club, but it was a it was a good one. But right. I was thinking back from some of the other shows that I saw earlier on, and, and admittedly, my memory's a bit hazy. So I thought, if you guys don't mind, uh, I might try to call up one of my best friends in the world, my one of my favorite people in the world, my old buddy Tejan. Right, used to be my roommate, and we went to go see a show in 2004. And uh, maybe he can explain it a little bit better than I can. We could try calling him. Yeah, if he's up. I don't know. If it's kind of yeah, late. He's yeah. on the West Coast. I don't know. We'll give it yeah. a shot. Well, oh, he's probably out. All right. Yeah. Let's see yeah. if I get his phone number here. It's a, f- it's a three. Yeah, the flip phone is not working. Yeah. There you go. I hear a ring. I hear a ring. Uncle, <laughs> that's how he answers. Uncle that's Leo? how he answers. Tejan, <laughs> always. Uncle Leo, is that Uncle you? Leo? <laughs> Uncle <Jerry>. Leo, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tejan, live from oh, San love, Diego. How are you, sir? I love. It's on great, man. I love it when I see Baltimore area codes pop up. <laughs> that's right. And my phone dizzle. The four four three. Good to hear from uh, you, brother. Four four three. How's everything, homie? You know, we're doing all right. Staying, uh, staying, staying safe. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. We got out last weekend. Uh, just saw some family. Kept the masks on. Kept the distance. What about you? you staying safe out there in, on the West Coast? Stay, staying safe. Staying sane. You know, solo project time. Nice. Oh, yeah? Every, everyone, yeah, everyone's, yeah, solo project time. That's <laughs> kind of the only one you can do right now, right? That's, what you do. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So 2004, man, do you remember? To, no, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, <laughs> except, oh, good. This would be perfect. <laughs> this is so, great. It was it was sold to me as Feist and this other band that's opening for them, TV on the radio. Mm. You're thinking of the Faint. Oh, was I saying Feist? You were saying Feist. We'll see. There <laughs> okay, you go. Okay, I'm confused. She, had a, she <laughs> had a really big Apple commercial back then. Yeah, I yeah. think. I think yeah. she had one of the. Remember when iTunes would like just have that commercial and it would be the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the big deal. you're absolutely right it was my bad it was, the it was the faint and we loved we loved the record that they were uh coming out to promote which was uh wet from birth wet from birth that's and, right and i don't know how I, I don't remember much about that show because you and i we were young we were young 20s and we used to <laughs> really just drink like no other but enjoying <laughs> enjoying that time period <laughs> Enjoying a festive atmosphere at the 930 Club. So mm. the reason I called you was because, or I texted you, because I wanted to make sure I had my memory straight. I just remember, was Kreshmere, first of all, was our friend Kreshmere at the show too? You're asking an awful lot, John. I'd... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, I believe Kreshmere may have been there. There was de- it definitely, I think he was there. It, there was definitely more than two of us. There may have been three or four of us. I believe there might have been a certain female there as well. There may have, there may have been. So then probably four of yeah. us. Um, yeah. what I remember is that as is often the case when you're going to like up, up, uh, that kind of show, you're like, Oh, but the opener, 
Like every once in a while, it's someone that you like even more and people know even less. So TV on the radio was like one album deep. They had just come out with that album. Was this pre Dear Science? Oh my gosh, yes. This is after their first record. And okay. uh, but yeah, so I kind of sold it. I we got to get there in time to see them, uh, and they were good. They were okay, but as is the case with those kind of shows too, usually the headliner really brings it. And uh, the Faint mm-hmm. were amazing. I I remember just we were kind of blown away by how good it was actually. And uh, it was fantastic. And, uh, they did one of my favorite little tricks, which is that they started their set with the last song on the album, which is like a weird <laughs> trick. And that that album, Wet from Birth, ends with. Uh, the title cut, I think, and it's like a it's like a banger, which most albums don't end with end with like a intense banger, but they came out guns blazing, which nice. you know, there's different ways to start a set. They went with that approach, just curtain drops, guns blazing, WTF. It was good. <laughs> I remember I disappear. They they must have played that one in there, right? Of course, yeah. Crushed That's that the one, one. I, for some reason that song is is stuck in my head from that show. And I couldn't find an audio recording from it, but uh, maybe I'll have to bring up uh, Wet from Birth and see if I can find a decent audio of that one. But um, the incident I remember, man, like we were we were having so much fun. We were into it. We were, you know, <laughs> we were loose. Lit, but you lost the your kids f- would say. Yeah. We, we had you had a you had a flip phone at the time. Who didn't right? brother? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there was two he had a phone at the time. That you was the that, impressive thing. Yeah, exactly. It, you had that Nokia <laughs> block or you had the razor. It's <laughs> Nokia. Uh, one of those you things. flip it open. You flipped it a little bit too hard and it flipped over the rail. It flipped out. And the next thing I know, Adam, the corner of my eye, Tejan's flipping over the rail oh, to get his over phone. the rail. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I gotta be well, honest. That seems with you. like something that's allowed. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. Part of my memory says that I have flipped all the way over and just went for it like Wayne's World style and just yeah, that's what got I'm carried saying, around. But then the other part of me is like, maybe I just watched Wayne's World too many times, and I don't even remember. <laughs> probably the latter. But yeah, probably but the I latter. remember the front. I remember the front half of that story. That's yeah. We were de- I was definitely over the bars, as you would say. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh, man. Yeah. You you went full over, but I couldn't remember the aftermath. And I'm, it sounds like you can't either. But that we can leave it at that. But I just wanted to make sure that my memory was. Well, was right because I, I kind of had a Wayne's World moment too, where I was like, maybe I just saw that in a movie. And well, Jay, I'm glad you called me to ask about this because honestly, the 9:30 Club is my favorite venue. Honestly, I still yeah. say that to this day. I've yeah. been living in California for 10 years now, which is hard to believe. But uh, 9:30 Club is hands down, and I tell people this all the time. Hands down, my just favorite venue. I think it's Goldilocks. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's like just right. right it's perfect and uh i've been listening in to the beginning of the show and yeah it's a magical place man it's a really magical place and actually i saw my very first concert there is that right well Which one? The, my very first concert was an outdoor concert a big pavilion show and that was pretty awesome it was pantera and white zombie and okay. uh, yes. some yeah. little little known band the deftones but a few oh. months later <laughs> i was geared up to go to like my first like club show and uh 
the Baltimore show of this tour was 18 and up, so I couldn't go. But then my stepdad took me to the 930 Club, which was all ages if you had a chaperone. Uh, yeah. And it was 1996. It was... Uh, Marilyn Manson's Antichrist Superstar Tour. Holy wow. And Oof. it was the very first show I've ever seen at a bar, at a club, whatever, indoors. Yes. And it is still one of the greatest. I mean, for all the shock and all the, the rock, head. Yeah. Burnt into the brain. It, and after the show, even my stepdad said in the car, because he had to like hang out. Like We didn't hang out with him. But sure. he was like <laughs> yeah. in the back of the club. He had to like endure this thing. And yeah. then we get in the car, and I remember him saying, that was amazing. <laughs> Wow! So, yeah, he was he was blown away. Uh, That's cool. My my friend and I worked our way very front on the cage, you know, on the steel because we're mm-hmm. excited thirteen year old girls at the time, and <laughs> we just spit on the band and got spit on by the band for like Hell two yeah, hours sure. straight and just that's a yeah. Marilyn Manson show it's, yeah? it's <laughs> burned into my brain but yeah so many great definitely shows. pre-covid yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yes. and that was just the end of spitting out the show and mucus <laughs> everywhere <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, people are going to be listening back to this podcast being like no that just, yeah, it's, just, it's like a trigger no. or something now yeah. just be careful <laughs> yeah post-apocalypse they'll see where this all started <laughs> <laughs> yeah, patient zero. Marilyn Manson show, and um, he was right. That actually does explain a lot. That he said a lot. it was the beginning of the end. Uh, but yeah. I knew that guy was going to start some sort of virus. Yeah. But so many amazing concerts. I mean, um, that was that probably is still my top concert. Just because I mean, he brought a fake snow machine. It snowed in in the nine thirty club. <laughs> it was snowing for four hmm. minutes straight in the nine thirty club. I mean, that's Jeez. insane, right? Well, I mean, I was looking like back on this, foam, uh, but amazing. Uh, <laughs> the, the NPR article that was listing all the shows that they had recorded, and there was just so many on there that were like, "I know that you went to," and I was probably like, "Man, the first two, Mister, <laughs> mi- the first two that Mister Tiny Desk, which I've seen him at that venue before, and this yeah. is back when you know I've been recognizing them. But the first two, Animal Collective and Bright Eyes, I vividly remember both of those oh, yeah. shows. Oh, yeah. The very first time Animal Collective finally got to that level, and they were kind mm-hmm. of, you know, they were. Uh, headlining the 930 Club was a big deal. And I remember you talking about that Bright Eyes concert for a long uh, time. Queens of the Queens of the Stone Age oh, after yeah. uh, Lullaby's tour. And I, I think that's the one. I, I think I saw them on that one as well. Woo! Yeah. With the shadows. The, they did like an extended. They did the other way that you start a show. They did uh, Wolf, uh, whatever, the long track in the middle of Lullaby's. Mm-hmm. So it's like this very long brooding intro, but amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So... Happy to talk about probably my favorite, definitely my favorite venue, definitely my favorite club. Um, yeah. Probably, I think, the best music venue in, in the country. I mean, it's just got everything. It's got the soul. Uh, whenever I see a friend who's on tour and they're headed through there, I always like hit them up on a side note like, hey, you're about to play my favorite venue, which I never nice. got to play and then still <laughs> haven't. It's still on the bucket list. Yeah. So like, enjoy this. Yeah, and uh, they always yeah. text back a day or two later yeah. the next day, you know, and they go, okay, you're right. That place is amazing. They gave us these awesome cupcakes. We had this like, <laughs> this, yes. the, the, sound, the sound oh, is yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> legendary, legendary venue. Yeah. They, they, they really do take good, good care of bands. That's and, what they're uh, famous the, for. Yeah. 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 They've been, they're really famous for that. Well, speaking of legendary, Tejan, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to, to spend some time with us, man. It's so great to hear your voice. And, Can't and wait to hear to the solo stuff. And... Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, it's bro. coming, baby. We'll spin it Reels. on the show. Heck yeah, we Tejan, will. The, Tejan the Lejan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, yeah. 
That's, it's, a wor- that it's a working worked. title. It's a working title. You can have it. Just something to think about. It. You, you know, can have put it. Put it in the hopper. Yeah. You know. Uh, guys, sleep, on it. sleep on it. Sleep on it. Thank, we got to have you back on work. the show sometime. Are Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, all right, brother. Right on, brother. Keep Yo, doing God's work. Uh, Love you guys. Peace, man. Try. Peace. Peace. Seeing you. All right, man. Peace out. fantastic it was so great to hear from him man like i said good friend of mine a roommate of mine for a long time we went to go see a lot of shows but i digress man craig you are the uh, master of ceremonies with this one because you got oh. us all beat how many well, shows do you think you've seen at this place well it's funny <laughs> I, you, you know we we we, des- we decided we were going to do sort of a tribute to this place and so i, I was like maybe i can I, I didn't save the ticket stubs, you know. I mean, some of them I might have floating around, but let's see how many shows I can think of off the top of my head. And I came up with thirty-two. Okay, which is a pretty decent amount, Woo! I guess. Uh, you know, of shows. Wow, dude, you got um, me beat by thirty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't so, know you've only been to one show at the nine thirty club. I swear, I've been to another one, but I can't remember it. And the only one that matters is the one that we'll eventually talk about. So, well, anyway, you know sorry. what? The, but you know what? The one you went to is so important. And it was maybe the third one that I'd ever been to. Um, okay. And you know what? Just because I want to hear an, a clip. Can we can we play a clip from King Crimson is in that, 2000 was that at the recorded? 930 Club? Was that recorded? Oh, yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, gentlemen, it was. I found it this morning. We were, I was looking for clips, man, because this, this was the first show. This is the first time I've ever been to the 930 Club. Mm-hmm. It was on my birthday. In the year 2000, we told the story on the show before, but Greg basically came running up to our door, <laughs> Nick in my dorm room with tickets. You want to go see King, King Crimson at the 930 Club? Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's drop everything and do that. Yeah. And, you know, we found our way via bike and metro and walking and somehow Pre- we made it work. Pre-Uber, guys. Yeah. Pre-Uber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got there and man, they just blew us away. But this is the uh, last song of the evening. Yeah. From that, from that show. Yeah. Beautiful.
Um, oh, oh man. man. And that was their like <laughs> that was their like 40th encore, wasn't it? I don't know. Something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like I think it was a third. Yeah. I, and what's I, I cool is like, you know, for for those of you who may not know much about King Crimson, but like Adrian Ballou, the guy who's singing, was playing in Bowie's band for a long time because mm-hmm. that's obviously a David Bowie cover. And then but more importantly, Robert Fripp, the guitarist, yes, actually sir. tracked the guitar for that song, Heroes, mm-hmm. and uh did a very unique, sustained trick, you know, yeah. um, to get sort of a violin sound happening. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes the, the track go. I mean, that's, it really does. Yeah. It's yeah. the sound that you associate with that song. Exactly. You know, just one of those moments, and we were all there, and the club was packed, and it was just sounding great. It was a special night. We were probably it the was. youngest the youngest fellas there. <laughs> we got a lot of that that that's night. What, that's like, what yeah. everybody there told us. <laughs> you guys here yeah. for the right show? Right. Like, yeah, the... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if our Rock in the Suburbs guys were there. <laughs> it's possible. Entirely possible. Yeah. They're more the Genesis fans, though. Are ah. they? <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's just gonna <laughs> piss them off. Never heard of them. Oh, oops. <laughs> nah, but no, but the but the point is that it was a it was a, we were among the younger fellas there, and mm-hmm. uh, and when I say fellas, I mean there was mostly fellas, you know. So well, yeah. it's, it's very proggy. It's very proggy. Yeah, and it was cool but, for me too because I had only ever heard of the Nine Thirty Club. It was just like a legendary place that I knew of, and I knew that great shows went on there. Mm-hmm. But to see, mm. you know, for that to be my first experience there and to wade into this this dank club. And I hadn't seen a, you know, I didn't grow up in an area where there's a lot of cool, you know, rock clubs. So right. to see, for for that to be one of my, my first big rock club shows was pretty amazing. It was awesome. Well, my very first show at the 930 Club, you guys are going to laugh. Because <laughs> it was, <laughs> this was Hansen? my friend. I mean, we're Almost not terribly better. far. This was my, my my buddy in high school, but my very, very close friend, Sam. He always had a great sense of humor, and he heard Vanilla Ice was going on oh, tour. I think I knew <laughs> this. I think it's, I remember a, this story a, from college. I think I yeah, didn't, yeah, let, yeah. didn't let that one go for a month or so. Yeah, that rings so, a bell. So, so Vanilla Ice at the time, this is like 1998, so he's trying to do kind of like a Limp Biscuit style comeback Oh, that's like, comeback right. This is his comeback. Yeah. It was yep. a comeback Absolutely. tour. Absolutely. Ice, yeah, don't you forget it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so my buddy Sam thought it would be the funniest sh- thing ever <laughs> to get um, tickets f- for him and his friends to go down there for his birthday, ah, gotcha. which was like in January. And so we went down to the 930 Club, and it was my first time there. And I, I, I was like, this place is great. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, you know wow, it's so cool funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, cool club. Wow. Uh, Love what you've so, done with the place. Yeah, Are those yeah. compact line arrays? Or <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Took it too far, my bad. Yeah, that's right. So, 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 sort of a little sidebar. The guy who played bass in that band, in that lineup, <laughs> Scott Schreiner, who is now I the bassist in Weezer. Oh! And, oh! Yeah! Wow! Okay! Yeah! And friend of a friend, and uh, I've actually gotten to like uh, you know hang with Scott briefly and watch some baseball with him, and <laughs> well, you know I sort of did a I sort of did a nerdy like uh, Wikipedia because I'd heard he was a 
former military. And so when I did that, I was like, I noticed, wait a minute, he was in Vanilla Ice's band in the late 90s? I saw him at the 930 club. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all, all this crazy stuff comes back. It's don't, just you, don't I recognize you from Vanilla Ice 98? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh man, dude. Yo, I love your bass playing in Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was your second favorite show after Vanilla Ice at the night? Well, it's, I didn't say it was my favorite, but oh. it was my first. No, we put <laughs> it down. We have it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll go down a quick, uh, you know, I don't want to leave too many people out, but I can't t- obviously talk about every, all these bands that i got to see there but got to see the black crows that was an amazing show yeah uh, yes, sir see, i missed that one that was on my list to go to but it was either sold out i missed it somehow they, they did a bunch of nights but they all sold out real fast i honestly mm. cannot remember how i got tickets and i would think they were 90 dollars each which Jeez. is unusual that was unusual. probably why i didn't go yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well and, and also for you to spend that kind of money and then come all the way from baltimore yeah. is yeah. like you know for me i was like i could like still work a full day and then still go down there yeah so it, you know it, i could sort of ration it out that way and they yeah. were also just a band i was way into at the time so yeah anyway the, i mean i don't have to rationalize it to you but, but like it was worth it i will tell you that i definitely felt at the end of that night that i like got rocked you know well, I got some um, good recordings from that, from those shows. Oh, for real? If you're interested. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to hear that. I mean, honestly, the, everything was great. Jay, I'll, I'll leave you with the, with the choice. Well, I've, I've heard a, the, <laughs> these shows are pretty legendary, actually, amongst Crow's aficionados. Okay. But one of my no favorites is, uh, is Good Friday. Uh, so let's give that, that one a roll. Do it. Please. We've been avoiding this. For too long Luxury Is temporary And it's gone I thought that We would have fun I guess I'm wrong We'll say hi On the street awesome yeah man yeah those were great shows and like i said pretty legendary and it was from the kind of the after the reunion tour uh right eight i believe yeah yeah that sounds right to me man yeah i i I went ahead so i'm going down the the list of shows i actually put it alphabetically just to kind of jumble it up but um (laughs) yeah um ben harper I, I, I saw that was great. Yeah. Um, I actually I actually got dragged to see Block Party, which I don't really like, but I remember oh, it, was, wow. it was kind of an interesting show. Clutch, who I saw there many times. I, maybe three times I saw Clutch there. They, they they're play local, there. Are they Baltimore? They're a Baltimore? They're, they're more closer to like 
Gaithersburg, like okay. DC, DC <laughs> suburbs. Okay. But you know, yeah, it's all the same. You know, Baltimore, DC mm-hmm. area. Remember seeing Coheed and Cambria, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Deerhoof, Deerhoof. Right. I saw there a few times. One time, my buddy sat in with the Disco Biscuits, um, huh. which is like a jam nice. band. Nice. That was yep. kind of yeah. That was maybe like my least favorite of all these shows. But you know, not, not my scene. But it was great to, su- to support him and see him there. My second show there was Dream Theater with the Dixie Dregs <laughs> oh, opening. Snap. Wow. Oh, that Greg, was... I remember you talking about this. Oh, Dixie Dregs, yeah. You were really, you were hard into those dudes. Oh, those yeah. yeah. Well, I just remember I, I, I'd never seen a band that technically amazing having so much fun, like making it look so easy and so nice. effortless. Nice. Um, and Dream Theater was like, you know, I was a nerdy proggy high school kid yeah and they were just kind of at the height of their powers like you know if, among dream theater aficionados <laughs> that, 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 that was, it was like the scenes from a memory tour like in 2000 which is uh considered probably like one of their best albums yeah. to this day so you like know steve and then, morse uh, and john petrucci same night man that's yes exactly <laughs> i mean it did it did dude to this day i still shed that stuff you know and yeah, i totally. try to get uh like i've i have students who are now listening to sort of the next generation of shredders yeah. like that and but i always tell them i'm like you gotta you can't skip petrucci like, nah. you know because all of these new guys are totally just copying everything yeah. that he did yeah. you know which is a certain thing it's not for everyone musically but Anyway, the point is, if you're trying to do it on guitar, I'm like, you can't skip that step. So right. I've had to kind of like go back and revisit. And it's it's fun for no, me now. No, go listen to Petrucci. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Liquid tension experiment or nothing. Yes, or nothing. What, how many strings on, on that guitar? <laughs> Do I see six? No, no, no. Get out right, of my, okay. Get out of my Zoom game. Uh, <laughs> Fleet Foxes I saw there. Um, oh, and wow. At the t- how are they? At the they were great, but interestingly enough, the drummer kept having words with the singer like on stage. And it was pretty tense. Come Ooh. to find out, you know who that drummer was? That would be John Misty, yeah? Yeah, Father John Misty. <laughs> yeah. He was also local. He was just local brother fellow. John Misty at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sibling, I think. Yeah. Was the drummer, John yeah, so drummer John Misty. <laughs> drummer John Misty. Drummer John Misty. He like, would not put the mic down. You know? Like between really? songs, he'd get up. He's like, you know, I'm from Rockville, which is just up the road. And, you know? <laughs> I think this, you could tell the singer was like, "All right, man, shut up." You know, that's always what you want from your drummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know much, kind of- but I I know to shut up, man. Jesus. <laughs> um, another uh, show I really enjoyed there was uh, the Kills with Jeff the Brotherhood opening. Mm. Um, you know what? And NPR had a clip to that one. Yeah, you, absolutely. They recorded the whole show. Yep. Do you want to play us a little bit of that? I definitely can. Yeah, Jeff the awesome. Brotherhood. Do you know the name of the song? This one's called Heavy Days. Heavy Days. Excellent. I think he says it in the clip. He does. (laughs) (laughs) The song's called Heavy Days.
That's cool. Stuff. I don't I don't really know anything about them. It seems no, me neither. like a little bit more technical white stripes. Yeah, exactly. They're a power duo. Yeah. Around the time that that power duos were a thing, you know? And they're, <laughs> yeah. and they're that eight I'm, months. I'm pretty Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're brothers from Nashville and their dad was a record pr- producer. Actually, we should listen to them another another time on the show. They're pretty cool, man. Cool. Nice. So that was fun. That one was fun. And they were opening up for the kills, which was kind of a mind. They were amazing. The kills yeah. were, yeah, I didn't know them at all, but they were yeah. fantastic. Very nice. cool visual stuff. Uh, I saw Jerry Cantrell from Allison Chains Ooh. there on his solo tour in the 90s. He's got some great solo albums, man. Yes. This is, it was for his first one, Boggy Depot. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I've got Joe Cetriani, of course, you know, for like for the, the guitar nerd. <laughs> um, that, was a, that was a nerdy night. Um, <laughs> brought my girlfriend at the time, who uh, I thought oh, was just no. kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, how, how'd she yeah. enjoy it? <laughs> I mean, she liked it because, you know, it's a good show, but, you know, it's not like it was a transcendent musical experience or anything. There's a lot of guitar face going on in that one. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, it was definitely, it was a fun night. We had, we had fun. And then, um, yeah, I saw my buddy's uh, periphery open for Lamb of God. I saw Les Claypool with the Flying Frog Brigade, Modesto oh. Martin Wood, Megadeth, these local bands, Nothing Face and Dog Fashion Disco. Oh, man, fun. Nothing Face. <laughs> yeah, I remember I them love so. Nothing Face. I, oh. You introduced me to them. And I, oh, I, I, yeah. And we saw them up in Baltimore, right? You know right? what, Jay? You may have come to, with me to see them at 930, man. Is that I, where I, I You know what? Them? I know Maybe. you did. I know you did. I know you were there. Yeah. That was a he- That was a heavy show man oh that yeah. was an insane night that was yes. that i bet that was the night i remember this i was driving this 1989 vw Scirocco, and <laughs> um I'm, it was pouring down rain i'm driving down 95 and the f- wipers came off <laughs> this car <laughs> and yeah. i'm driving down 95 and i'm like so I, gotta get, I gotta make yeah. it to this show i gotta make it to this show and i'm like driving i couldn't see anything it might have been but I, the way i remember it we took we took the metro in from college park oh, okay so yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> different show part, yeah part of the, part of the reason it. i remember I, we had to we had to take a pit stop before going to the club because i think i like crushed three beers before getting into the metro and like <laughs> i was possible. fine i was fine like as far as like you know like i could still hold my liquor enough to the you know what but i sure. had to piss really bad right <laughs> yeah. break the seal so, and i Sounds think that like right. when, i think when we got we got off the train and i think we like just like the first thing i could find you know what i mean and i was like <laughs> i just felt like an animal but like anyway anyway yeah so but you know i was an animal we were animals. they were a great band man i Nothing, nothing face nothing was face. badass, man. Rest in peace. Their, their singer passed away a couple years ago. Are you were, serious? I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, very, very special band actually. And unfortunately, didn't really get uh, over the hump, you know, mm-hmm. business wise. But they they deserved a good. Sh- they deserved a shot. I saw Opeth, Queens of the Stone Age. I think I was at that same show. Tajon was. Tame Impala. I got to see oh, there, which wow. was rad. Um, when the was darkness? That? Uh, I saw Tame Impala in like twenty. 13 or 14 like oh, nice so right the second record lunarism yeah yeah lunar lunarism tour and they do they i mean they're apparently now they're like this the best live act in the world but like they back then they were already like kind of crushing it but it was in a club it was on a club level you know it wasn't that's what's so cool about nine thirty, man like that again yeah. that intimate experience it just feels like you're in the special place with the artist it's so different yeah. 
than any other like yeah. concert experience because it's Absolutely. a big act in this tiny room. It's, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, exactly. And you sort of feel you're like, well, so, you know, sometimes you're in there and you're like, yeah, it's the matter of time before everybody knows about these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the darkness, Jay, you brought me out Ooh. to see the darkness. That was rad with Fo- <laughs> Foxy Shazam opening. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow, <laughs> they were just they were like almost crazier than the darkness. I remember bits and pieces of that show. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, a lot of Heinekens being consumed in that oh, show. Oh yes. And I also um, remember uh, Justin Hawkins, the lead singer of The Darkness, coming out in a one-piece American flag jumpsuit, mm, yeah. which was pretty incredible. Tasteful. That was 2012. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. That is cool. And, and fo- the, the opening band, Foxy Shazam, was like extreme and just, uh, what's the word? Flamboyant. Flamboyant, to, yes. You know? yes. And then like The Darkness <laughs> came on and like, yeah, just this, his suit alone kind of like already, I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> you're just as crazy as the as Next they were, notch, right yeah. Yeah, and then well, one of the most memorable was I... I had a student who had gotten tickets to see Them Crooked Vultures, which is a super oh, group. Of nice. J- Josh Homey, Dave Grohl, and John Paul Jones. Mm-hmm. Of course, and, uh, of Led Zeppelin. Yes. And so, like, we went to, down to the show, and, you know, the lights went down. Everybody was really excited. These tickets were kind of hard to come by. I honestly don't know how this kid got them. It was through yeah. his dad. But Josh Homey comes out. Crowd goes nuts. Then John Paul Jones walks out. Crowd goes even more nuts. And then... Grohl came out, Dave Grohl, the hometown <laughs> hero. And like, I never hero, heard, right. I never heard the club be so loud. Wow, as for, you know what I mean? It was uh, yeah, that's cool. Like, like as far as like the audience, just the energy, and, yeah, yeah. It was pretty, it was it was pretty hype, and uh, they were great. I mean, like that band, you know, they, they, it's not like they they didn't like play my favorite songs because they don't really play, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it was great seeing those guys jam. Um, sure, totally. You know, also say that like, you know, I, I know that. Uh, last hey john mentioned you know playing the 930 club is like a bucket list thing and it it was a big deal for me and what was your first time playing there so i was with the funk arc okay all my times playing there were were with the funk arc so far i'd love to make it like for me a bucket list would be to come back with a different band there you go um but the funk arc we were so lucky we had a we had a connection with someone who would put us as the opener for the shows that were presented by all the all good festival you mm-hmm. ever heard of the all good mm-hmm. festival mm-hmm. and so anytime a band that was associated with that festival who had a new orleans sound ah would, would come in they would put the funk arc because we had the brass yeah so our first time opening or the it was always opening but like the our first time Playing at the 930 Club was opening for Trombone Shorty. Oh, neat. Oh, nice. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. And that was his first time he came through DC. And then we, I think we opened up for him two more times at 930 Club. And I, I was like, I hope they're not like tired of us, but I mean, we'll keep playing. And uh, yeah, it was amazing, you know, because it not only was it like a full club, because Trombone Shorty is a big draw. Yeah. He's only gotten bigger and bigger since oh, yeah. then. He's amazing. It's also, it was a New Orleans crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, so like these people were like ready so to rock dance. On top and, of energy, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it's like I had a lot of motivation to play there. I mean, I'll tell you one thing: like when I was growing up, uh, you know, I would have gigs or whatever, and I remember one time saying, "Dad, do you want to come to my gig?" And he was like, "I'll oh, come when you play at the nine thirty club." Are you serious? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> still didn't make <laughs> it was though. Like, he still didn't make it to that. <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny. I, I, he did. He he did end up making it to a show. I don't know Aww. if it was that one or not, but he did. Yeah. And I, it was. It's funny because at the time it really hurt me. Yeah. Mm. Just sure. being personal. Sure. But on the other hand, I felt like he was just like 
challenging like you're gonna like like challenging me yeah like go figure it out because at the time what that made me feel like was like i just don't know man i don't know how to get in that club the only people right. i've ever seen play at that club are like my idols yeah right you know what i mean right. and it's just it's like this un like i have no the bar idea for you, man yeah you know and i it, yeah it's funny that kind of hit me today like thinking about it i was like maybe he just like knew that i was gonna end up playing there and then oh. that would be even more gratifying i guess you know totally, but, yeah but, yeah but at the same, but at the same time, it hurt, it stung because I couldn't turn around immediately and be like, "Well, I'm playing there next Sunday, so right, fuck you." Right. Yeah. That's where the show is, jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but in retrospect, I did get to play there. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. Like I'll never ever. And what a great band, man! That's it uh, was. It was a yeah. That's one of my favorite CDs, the Funk Art. Oh, buddy, look at oh, you! Yeah, absolutely, representing. Man. Absolutely, I uh, we, listen listen to that all the time whenever I um, am am working. And oh, Nick and I man. were just talking about this before the show because mm-hmm. it's uh, when we're in a bad mood and we need to work, we want to listen to upbeat tunes. So uh-huh. I I tend to go to instrumental funk. Yes. This is usually one of my first stops. Oh man, I lo- and I love that record too. I actually High Noon. We can we can we use can we play a track from High Noon out? That would be absolutely absolutely. Because we need to, do, I'm out of tra- I'm out of clips. Yeah. But thank you, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my list. <laughs> what trick? What uh, what track do you want to play, Greg? I love every song on that record. but yeah? I would say let's play "Green Tree, Yellow Sky." You got Number it, buddy. Six. I'm queuing it up now. My man, that was fun, y'all. That was great. Boom. Yeah, it sucks. Um, it really sucks that like that this is going on during this. I think Boylan hit a, a, a decent note, which is like he, he realized sometime early in May, like, holy crap, this is going to be shut down for the 40th anniversary. Like, that mm. sucks because, I mean, that guy yeah. apparently lives there. But, yeah, what a what a cool venue. Cannot wait for it to be reopened and can't wait to make it more of a priority to go see some shows there. Yeah, and shout out to Nick Velleman, um, oh, yeah. a, good, a yeah. good friend who uh, worked there in in the admin and production managing and all of that and we tried to get him but he's a, he's studying um painting in france but maybe we'll get him back on the, for another segment down the road that'd be great um, that'd be great yeah you know he has some under the hood stuff that we didn't make he was like maybe we don't want to go there <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, <laughs> some uh some yeah. some yeah yeah venue but all secrets. i know is that, yeah but all i know is that from the audience and from the artist perspective it was just a uh, a beacon of hope you, you figure like man if i could play this club every night you know, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be so, so set. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a good time. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it'll be nice to get back to any venue, especially, uh, yes. a place as nice at the nine thirty club. And I feel lucky that, uh, we all kind of grew up in an area that we were at least within striking distance Indeed. whenever the, the time came. So thank you guys yes. so much. It's been a lot of fun. Reminiscing. And thank yes, you to sir. Tejan. Um, Tejan. Thank you, Tejan. <laughs> We're gonna have to have him back on, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Absolutely, man. Yeah, he cool. belongs. All right, gentlemen. Well, I'm gonna head off to bed. You guys right. do that, man. <laughs> Get your rest. <laughs> okay. We'll do. Stay safe out there. Stay safe out there, folks. Indeed. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Peace. Bye.